It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible, or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 3814567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And this is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, June 23rd, 2011. Thank you for being a part of it tonight as we have an interesting topic planned for discussion and we look forward to your participation at 877-381-4567 email questions at collegeview.com or sign in and join in with the listeners in the chat room tonight my name is jacob Gwynn. my father greg Gwynn is across the table from me as usual hello dad jacob great to be with you we look forward to our study tonight uh, always glad to have uh, a, a live audience out there on the internet joining us for bible study on the virtual bible study and uh, we've got a hot topic uh, planned for tonight well, we, uh, I was talking to someone recently about the use of tobacco by Christians. We had some discussion about that, and I got to thinking that that's a topic that in almost six years, we're coming up, Jacob, pretty soon on our sixth year anniversary of the virtual Bible study, and I got to looking. We never had touched on that subject on, on our, our program, and so I thought it was probably uh, worth some extra effort to talk a little bit about the use of tobacco it is, unfortunately, a thing that is still somewhat prevalent among Christians. I don't think nearly as much so as it would have been 30 or 40 years ago. But smoking uh, and other tobacco use is uh, prevalent uh, to some degree among Christians, and therefore it's something we need to talk about. Can, can it be justified? Is it a sin? Uh, how should we view the use of tobacco by Christians? That's the topic we want to talk about tonight. All right. We look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. Join in the chat room tonight. Let us know your thoughts as we talk about Christians using tobacco. It's a timely discussion, and uh, you didn't realize the timeliness, I think, when, when you chose the subject. But smoking has been in the news a lot this week. Uh, the the uh, FDA, the Surgeon General, are concerned that smoking rates in America still remain high. They've really declined a lot lately. I think it's down to 20% of Americans smoke currently. Uh, that's down from uh, back, I think, in the 50s and 60s, it was one in two, one out of every two, 50%. Uh, but uh, it has gone down, but it's that, that sort of plateaued now, and they're trying to nip smoke, smoking in the bud, uh, snuff it out, if you will. And uh, they've uh, posted some pictures. Uh, they're going to put these on, on cigarette packs, right? right. They're going to put these ugly pictures they're, on cigarette packs to show just how devastating that smoking can be to your physical health. Dan's running our board tonight. I think Dan found some of those pictures on the internet. Dan, you got one that you can yeah, post up there? Uh, it's, not a, it's not a pretty type. And it's not a pretty And so every time I pull up my pack of cigarettes out of my pocket to get a cigarette, I got to look at this ugly picture of what it's doing to me. Yeah. And, and uh, so hopefully that'll de deter people from, from smoking. smoking uh, the smoking. There you go. Oh, man, there it is. There it is. That, yeah. Look at those lovely yeah. teeth. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, they're actually going to have that on the cigarette packs, Dan? Uh, pictures that I'm actually pulling off from online right now. Okay. News. Okay. Okay. So they're going to actually put those things on the packs. That that's that definitely might make somebody think a little bit before okay. they get started. Yeah, that's ugly. Uh, you know, uh, cigarette companies are obviously going to fight this and sue. Uh, and uh, news has come out that they actually spending billions of dollars a year in advertising the product. Uh, so it is. Uh, it's big business, and uh, a lot of people are. Sort of about that. Are you uh, those pictures getting to you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just looking at them on your monitor. I don't have them on mine, but they're pretty bad from what I can see. To our update list earlier today, here's the questions we sent out. Remember, we do this every week. If you're not on our list, you can be by sending us a simple email to questions at collegeview.com. But if you're on our update list, you got these questions earlier today. Number one, do you believe that scientific research has positively proven that tobacco use is harmful to the body. In other words, is it still a debatable issue, or is it past debate? Has it been proven? Okay, that's uh, number one. That's number one. Number two, do you think that it can be proved by the scriptures that using tobacco is a sin? Now, right there, we want yes or no. Now, based on how you answered that, if you say no, it, you don't think it can be proved to be a sin, then explain why you don't think that it can be proven to be a sin. 
if you don't think it is, if you say the Bible doesn't prove it to be a sin, then give your reasoning. But if you answered yes, and my guess is that more people will be on that side of the argument, if you answered yes, then give what you think are your best arguments from the Scripture to prove that tobacco use is a sin. Right. Okay. So that's number two. Is it a sin? And yes or no, uh, and then explain your answer. Okay. And then finally, number three, how would you answer those who justify tobacco use by pointing out that others overeat, drink caffeine, do things like that? Okay. Or I may smoke, but you eat too much. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, how, how often do we hear arguments like that? And how are you going to respond if someone comes back at you that way? All right. Those are the questions for you to consider tonight. And we'd like your participation on the phone, on email, or in the chat room. Uh, join in the chat room. It's very easy. And uh, you can join in with people like Paul in Bloomington, Indiana, Danny in Greenville, Mississippi, and David in Lake City, Minnesota, where the lake, I, I don't know if it's still frozen up there or not. Uh, I, I imagine not. Oh, let's hope not. All right. We look forward to hearing from you on the program uh, tonight. Um before we get into our study, we might mention some of our listeners had expressed some interest in what we did earlier this week here in Columbia, Jacob. We had a special effort in which we taught some Bible lessons in a, in a, a, a park near to the church building here. We called it Bible Studies in the Park. And uh, some, some folks who were not within driving distance had expressed some interest in how that turned out. It turned out very well. We had good crowds. We had good interest. We had a number of community visitors. And so we're, we're uh, much encouraged by the outcome of that. It was Bible study in the park. Yeah, we ended up, it was to be two nights, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, Monday was, was good. Everything went according to schedule. Tuesday night, some storms rolled through, and so we had to relocate it here to the church building. But we still had good Bible study, and we had good participation. So we think overall it was a good success. All right. Uh, there's some audio of that available. Can you make that available for our listeners? Probably can, yeah. We've got we, that we, too. Yeah, the, the subject it was it was on premillennialism basically, and the rapture, the millennial kingdom, when will the Lord return? Those kind of questions. We can make that audio available if you'll send us your email or yeah, send us an email. Say I want the audio, and we'll put it in your inbox for you. Yeah, we'll we'll email it to you right away. All right, uh, we're talking about tobacco on the program tonight. Let us know your thoughts. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview dot com. Number one on your questions tonight was, do you believe that scientific research has positively proven that tobacco use is harmful to the body? Yeah, we got just a couple emails in so far. Uh, one is from Keith in Hendersonville, Tennessee, who says, I do believe that the scientific research uh, posited by the Surgeon General's office for more than 30 years has shown a correlation between cancer and tobacco use. As a former smoker, I can tell you personally that in the three years I have been quit, I have noticed a considerable difference in my health. All right, Pete, appreciate uh, that. And Brian in Lebanon, Indiana, says, yes, doctors and nurses have reported the effect of smoking has on the lungs for many years now, so Brian has no question about it. Yeah, th there's, there's just a lot of documentation out there, and I really think it is beyond debate now. Um, there's just all kind of information. And this dates way back, as as was mentioned. The Surgeon General has been reporting on this for nearly 50 years. 50 uh, years. I think back in the early 60s. I've got one reference here to a 1964 Surgeon General's report. So I mean, they've been working on this for nearly 50 years, uh, indicating rates like 40% higher for cancer for a person who smokes a half pack a day, 70% higher for a person who smokes one pack a day. 90% higher for a person who smokes two packs a day. That's in 1960? No, that's a, that's a little newer okay. information. But, I mean, that, those are all the kind of studies that we have. Eric in, in Fayetteville, Tennessee, sent a, uh, a long report. We might reference it a couple times. The effects of obesity, smoking, and drinking on medical problems and costs. Uh, and, and I haven't had a chance to study it thoroughly, but it looks like, that smoking uh, has about a – it doubles your risk of chronic medical conditions. Uh, and, and we'll reference that a little more later. But there, there's just a lot – a whole lot of scientific evidence, obviously. But, you know, Jacob, we wouldn't really even have to have, you know, the government funding scientific research. We've known people who smoke. 
and we've seen what's happened to them when they continue to smoke and, and the devastating effects on the body. We all know that. The Surgeon General's uh, warning seemed to have some effect on David in Minnesota. He says in 1964 is when he quit about the same time that those studies came out. So, yeah. uh, so certainly uh, back, you know, back in, in the, those times, people didn't really think twice about it, did they? I think that there was. I think there was a time when people didn't really uh, consciously consider the health effects of smoking, but that was a long time ago. As we said, for 50 years thereabouts, it's been reported that it is a health issue. And really, you stop to think about it. It's, it's, it's not hard to imagine that sucking all those chemicals down into your lungs continuously, day after day, it's not too hard to imagine, even for the medically uneducated. Okay. That's got to be a problem. You don't have to be a brain surgeon. Huh? Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the subject tonight. Uh, do you believe it is uh, is uh, harmful? What do you think? Do you think the scriptures allow for it? Uh, Paul has posed an interesting question. Yeah, we, I, and, and I thought about that too, Paul, and I want us to talk about it. Paul has asked a question we'll try to get to a little later in our program. Okay, if stay it, tuned for that. It's an, it's an if, interesting uh, Yeah, here, here's the question. We'll just put the okay, tease out okay. there. The question is, if it's wrong to smoke, is it wrong to grow tobacco and sell tobacco products? Okay. So let's, let's hold that. We'll try to touch on that near the end of the program. But why, why shouldn't we smoke? What, what do you think? What's wrong with smoking? Well, first of all, I think just common sense. If you weren't, to, if, if you weren't a Christian, there are a lot of non-Christians who have made the decision to not smoke, and it's just based upon common sense health considerations, uh, you know, don't smoke because it's going to harm your health. And I, that would be a big reason why you don't smoke is because you're just simply afraid of all the data that's out there that tells you that if you do, you're going to pay a price for it. And it could it could harm your ability to serve God but just because of your health. Yeah. I mean, we need our strength to, to do things for God. Now, if there is a health effect, and it seems clear that they that there is, then the next point that has to come into the argumentation is a verse that's mentioned um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I was trying to see if any of our, of our emailers, I see Danny in the chat room has mentioned 1 Corinthians 6, 19, uh, the body is the temple, Holy Spirit. Danny he, quit in 1965. And he yeah. doesn't regret it in one bit. So yeah. he's, uh, Dan, David was 1964. Danny is 1965. Well, let's talk a little bit about this verse because I think this is one of the, the most traditionally offered arguments from the scriptures that says that we should not smoke. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. The, the part of that expression that, that we latch on to a lot is your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's often where the emphasis is placed. But I think people have sometime, have have a problem sometimes grasping the meaning of that expression. What does it mean when it says that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Well, it's definitely a true. It's definitely a truth, but but it may be hard to grasp. So look at a, a a couple of the other expressions that are in that text. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. In other words, I belong to God. This would be sort of like me borrowing your car, Jacob. And then I go out and treat it badly, you know, run it, run it off the road, get it all covered in mud, maybe bang into a tree or two, bring it back in nearly completely totaled out condition. That, that's, it's your car. I don't have a right to misuse or mistreat your car. Uh, it doesn't belong to me. It's yours. And so maybe in this text, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, part of the expression there that will be helpful to us is, that, where it says simply, you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Uh, we belong to God. Therefore, the old argument, it's my body, and I can do with, it's my own body. I can do whatever I want. This passage says that's not so. Um, and that's not the only passage you're going to use. Right, it's just right. one of any. And if it was, that was the only passage you had, maybe there'd be more argument about it. But you've got, there are many other passages that we, yeah. of course, we build the case against right. Moses. But there's one more expression there in 1 Corinthians, 16, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. The very last expression in that verse I think is important. It says, therefore glorify God in your body. Uh, of, of all the expressions there in that very familiar and traditionally used passage to argue against smoking, I think that one is the one that That's makes most powerful. sense. I'm supposed to glorify God with my body. Uh, so what I do with my body is to glorify God. 
and any practice that fails in that regard is wrong. Now, just ask the simple question. Here, I'm, if I'm smoking a cigarette, is am I glorifying God in the process right. of it? Could you say, here I sit smoking my cigarette, or here I sit smoking my cigar, here I sit chewing my tobacco or using my, my snuff, and I'm glorifying God as I do this. Well, just a look at uh, the Surgeon General's putting on these uh, packages of cigarettes. That shows us how society views the use of tobacco in general. And when someone sees me uh, using the tobacco, that certainly doesn't glorify God. Just if, if it was, if for no other reason than what society thinks about it, uh, we're, we're not glorifying God when we use these products. There's another verse that says effectively the same thing. It's also from 1 Corinthians, and this time chapter 10, verse 34. 31, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Now, that again, that's talking about things we do with the physical body, eating, drinking, whatever you do, he says, do all to the glory of God. And so uh, it is important that we understand we're to use our bodies in such a way that we'll glorify God. All right. You know, and that, and that, that's obviously that's not specifically talking about smoking or using tobacco. It might be any other thing. You know, someone says, uh, uh, what about certain bodily muta- uh, mutations? You know, there, there, there are some cultish groups that cut themselves and, and so forth. Way back in the Old Testament, when Elijah confronted the, the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, they cut themselves uh, in part of their pagan religious acts, trying to call upon their pagan god. Right. And, and there are still people who do that sort of thing. So we're saying anything that you, I'm just bringing that up to say that anything that you do with your body that would not be something commendable that would glorify God is condemnable. And smoking, I think, fits in that category. Well, one more verse, and then but we probably need to take a break. We do. We're way uh, over one one more verse along that line, yeah. Romans 12, verse 1. Mm-hmm. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. My body, it matters what I do with my body. I, I think that's the key point. It is wrong. It, of course, th- this is an argument that's been around for centuries that really we, we worship God with our spirit and what we do with our body doesn't matter. And that's completely untrue. What we do with our body does matter. Therefore, something like smoking that we do with our body needs to be considered in that light. Okay. Uh, you have presented a, a concept that is not very popular, and some would even say is un-American to say that I can't just do whatever I want to with my body. That's a general overlaying principle that governs our, us as Christians. And we'll talk about more arguments against the use of tobacco on the other side of the break. But we look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. You can email questions at collegeview.com with your comments, or you can send them in the chat room tonight. We look forward to hearing from you. We'll take a break. Get your thoughts together and get ready to go. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. Hi, I'm Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a suggestion for you and your family. Why not turn off the TV on Thursday nights and gather the family around the computer for an hour of in-depth Bible study? The virtual Bible study always involves subjects of importance and interest to serious Bible students. So, why not join this Internet Bible study group every Thursday night? Here are some quotes worth pondering. People who have no charity for the faults of others are generally blind to their own. One of the most difficult things to give away is kindness, for it is usually returned. Christianity is often judged by what others see of it in you. Man, I wish I'd said that. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. And we're back on the program tonight. We look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. And uh, you can join in again the chat room with other listeners. The chat room is full tonight, uh, but uh, not a lot of chatter going on yet. So uh, we'll look. Well, we, to we haven't hit a chord. So we're going to get it going. We haven't hit a chord with them, so we'll get them. We'll get them excited here in a minute. All right, and we do have a call, um, and uh, we'll go ahead and take that call now. Uh, caller, identify yourself, please. Hey, it's Anthony. Anthony, oh, that's right. All right. Okay, well, welcome, Anthony. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to uh, compose any answers tonight, so. I thought I would kind of mix things up and, and give you guys a call. So, uh, so you're going to sort of light things up here? Yeah, just a little variety here okay. to the show. But uh, but no, I think it's a good topic. And my, the point I wanted to make, and I'll just uh, 
uh, you know, throw some comments out here and see what you think, but, uh, and you're, I'm sure you'll get to this, but um, I, I don't know that the question is necessarily just about tobacco. I think, uh, as you, you may have already touched on and, and probably will, but anything that we would, uh, that we would do that's, of course, harmful to our body, as you guys were just talking about, but anything that we would become uh, addicted to or brought under the power of would, would not be a good thing. And a couple of verses, uh, probably the, the best one along those lines is, I'm sure you'll get to it later, but 1 Corinthians uh, 6 and verse 12. I like the, the uh, English Standard Version here. It says, all things are lawful, lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. Uh, so, you know, certainly tobacco is, ex uh, you know, the nicotine therein is extremely uh, addictive almost right away. Um, certainly, if, if for someone who's addicted to nicotine, they're certainly enslaved by it. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't think you can really get around that. Anthony, the uh, the revised standard also uses wor the word enslaved. The King James says, I will not be brought under the power of any. Right. And I understand that expression literally means bondage or addiction. Mm -hmm. and, and so uh, I think that's one of the strong arguments, too, is that Paul set the example that we are to imitate, and that is not to be addicted to or enslaved to anything. Yeah. I have a part of a statement here from a Surgeon General's report that says, careful. Ex this is a quote, careful examination of the data makes it clear that cigarettes and other forms of tobacco are addicting, and an extensive body of research has shown that nicotine is the drug in tobacco that causes addiction. Moreover, the processes that determine tobacco addiction are similar to those that determine addiction to drugs such as heroin, heroin and cocaine. So, I mean, that, that's, that's stating it pretty plainly. Right. I mean, I, and I think another thing that, that I look forward to the discussion on some of the other questions that you had like, farther down the list, but... I think that's something that sets tobacco apart from other things, uh, perhaps caffeine and so forth. That uh, it's it's you know it's addictive almost right away. Similar, like you said, to something like a, a heroin or a narcotic. Um, it's not something that I've really known anybody who can do casually. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, which is different than for, and we. I want to talk more about caffeine a little right. later. But just you're a coffee drinker, Anthony, and so right. am I. But if I don't get a cup of coffee, it, I mean, I, I'm not going to go berserk, you know. Uh, um, uh, it, it, it is different. Now, that, I don't deny that, you know, that, that they say that there is some uh, effect of caffeine that, that makes you want to have another cup of coffee. I'm not denying that. But I, I don't think it's on the same chart as nicotine. Well, what, it's interesting. When Dan is behind the controls tonight. Dan and I were talking before the program. And, uh, Dan, you, you were a smoker back in your younger days. Yes, sir, that, that is correct. I actually, absolutely was. And uh, you were talking about the addictive uh, nature of it. Oh, yes, yes, it's very addictive. Um, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, getting around some situations, some people actually do smoke and so forth, and they're, 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 it's just hard to describe. It's just something that I guess will always be there. And I was talking to um, uh, an elder from a different church, and he was he's talking about how he had been quit. He had stopped for many years ago, and he said that to this day he could still smoke a foot-long cigarette and probably two puffs is what he said. So he so still craved it. Still craved it to this day. Yeah. And it, it, it's true. It is something that you, it, yeah. it's, it's kind of there on the back of my mind sometimes, you know, but it, it's, it's just like a temptation. Yeah. I think the craving part is something. I, I was just – Rachel and I were batting this around earlier today, and I'll just make this point and let you guys go, but I think uh, something that – to think about you know, the, the craving aspect of the nicotine addiction is something that that is, is unique uh, in a sense, um, say compared to caffeine. I mean, I don't, I do drink coffee, but I don't feel like I ever crave it or feel like I've got to have a cup of coffee or I'm gonna, like you said, go berserk. But, but you know, definitely worth discussing. But uh, anyway, just thought I would throw that out there. Good. Thanks for the call, Anthony. I think you're exactly right. That, that passage, first that's First Corinthians six verse twelve. We were referencing some other verses there, nineteen and twenty in chapter six of, of uh, First Corinthians, when we talked about your body's temple of the Holy Spirit. Right. So it's interesting; it's in that same context. But the the New American Standard version says, "I will not be mastered by anything." Mm -hmm. Revised Standard says, "I won't be enslaved by it." The New King or the King James says, "I won't be brought under the power of anything." So that, that's a strong statement. Paul said in another 
statement there in First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. I buffet my body and make it my slave. This is the New American Standard Version. I buffet my body and make it my slave, lest possibly after I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. So Paul said that being a Christian does involve exercising control of our physical body and not letting them become addicted to something, and therefore it's an, it's an important thing. And that, that would include tobacco back in the days when it was more socially acceptable, and that, yeah. may, that may include substances today that are socially uh, uh, acceptable, even sub, uh, substances today that the Surgeon General hasn't come out and put nasty pictures on. Yeah. Uh, but things that have control of us, we have to make, we have to get control of them. Exactly right. Uh, you know, we've been talking, we've been saying smoking, 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 but really we we need to talk about the use of tobacco in all forms because it it all falls under the same kind of condemnation. All right. Uh, uh, the American Cancer Society says long-term snuff users may be 50% more at risk for cancer of the cheeks and gums. Uh, 75% of daily users of smokeless tobacco will get leukoplakia. leukoplakia. Oh, boy, that's a, that's a bad one. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's, uh, it's, leukoplakia is an early, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, it's an early indicator of oral cancer. Uh, it's white patches and oral lesions on the cheeks, gums, or tongue. But enough said. Uh, dipping eight to ten times a day can bring as much nicotine into the body as smoking 30 to 40 cigarettes. That's from the Mayo Clinic. Wow. Smokeless tobacco users absorb two to three times the amount of addictive nicotine as those who smoke cigarettes, according to the National Cancer Institute. So, so what, it's more, it's more addictive than cigarettes? They absorb two oh, to more. three times the amount of addictive nicotine mm. as the smoker does, the wow. smokeless tobacco user. So someone says, well, I don't smoke. I might dip a little, you know, or I might chew a little, but I don't, I don't smoke. Yeah. Well, those kind of stats clearly indicate that you're not out of, you're, you're, you're not well, out of danger physically and physically. you're... And you and you haven't solved you haven't, the spiritual dilemma that we're talking about. You haven't circumvented that. the addiction part right, of it either. Right, right. Okay. All right. Let us know your thoughts. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview.com. Anthony's off the phone and back in the chat room. He says, "I don't want to berate anyone uh, who's addicted to tobacco. It's a very powerful addiction that's hard to break. But I feel it's not proper for a Christian or anything that gains control of us: food, spending sprees, et cetera, et cetera." Yeah. So we do appreciate those comments. All right. So. So if, if we're composing an argument, then we want to be sure we're fully persuaded ourselves. But I think we also need to be per, per, prepared to try and persuade others, Christians who maybe haven't uh, overcome this uh, uh, problem in their lives. We've said you, you, uh, from 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the familiar verse, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But, we're, but I think the part of that verse that helps us even more is, we are not our own, right. and we are to glorify God with our body. You know, right. so, so those arguments, the, uh, the argument that Anthony just brought up, we're not to be addicted to anything. The Bible teaches that. That verse, again, uh, is uh, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12, not, not, not to be brought under the power or the addiction to anything. Remember that verse. I, there's another verse, Jacob, and I'm, I've heard you reference this in, in regards to a number of different things that we've talked about in the Virgin Bible study. Romans 14, 23, mm -hmm. he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Mm -hmm. I think that statement could have application to smoking. In other words, who, have you ever known a smoker who would say, this is really good, you should do it too? There's, there's I'm little... really glad I smoke, and I think you should you should experience right. it too. It's 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 a it's a wonderful thing. There's a little bit of shame associated with it. Yeah. And if you, and if you believe it's right, and you're you you would argue that it'd be right, then you should be willing to stand before Jesus with a cigarette in your hand on the day of judgment. Okay. I mean, that's that. Otherwise, it's not a faith. If you can't if you can't say I would I would stand before the judgment seat with my cigarette and my pack of cigarettes in my pocket. Then you can't. Then you're not doing it by faith. And, and why is it? That, uh, explain to us why it is that you hide this from other Christians. Right. In other words, you don't. No, that's not. That's not to say every smoker does, but it's very common for smokers to, to kind of want to keep that a secret. They don't want other smoke. They don't want other Christians to know that they smoke. Uh, they don't encourage others to smoke. In fact, they would do just. As, I've heard. I don't know how many times I've heard. Oh, it's a nasty habit. Don't ever start it. I wish I'd never started. Uh, and so all of those kind of statements w would be addressed by Romans 14:23, he that doubteth is damned. 
whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And we need to go to a break and get this week's bullet point. But Anthony has another important verse in uh, the chat room, Acts 24, 25, talking about Paul as he reasoned about righteousness and self-control in the coming judgment. Uh, as he's talking to Felix there, notice the, the points that he's making. He's making points about righteousness and self-control. The idea that someone says it's a nasty habit, I wish I had never started. Well, if you can't stop it, then you don't have self-control anymore. You've lost it. You've given it up uh, to this habit and addiction that you have. Exactly right. Anthony uh, observes that self-control or temperance is a core principle of Christianity, and that is absolutely true because over and over again in numerous passages we read about the the importance of sobriety or self-control. You've got to be in control of yourself. I hope we didn't hang up on Anthony too soon because he's got a lot more comments that he wants to share tonight, and we hope that you do as well. You can get your thoughts heard by calling us at 877-381-4567 or by emailing us at questions at collegeview.com. And we'll encourage you to join in the chat room as well. This week's bullet point is next. And then we go uh, continue the discussion right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Occasionally, especially when discussing politics, we'll hear someone described as a pragmatist. What this means is the fellow's main operating rule is do whatever it takes. His standard for judging whether a thing is good or not is simply does it work. All that matters to him is getting the desired result. It doesn't matter how he gets it. If he gets reelected, if his campaign contributions keep coming in, then everything is good. Never mind that promises have been broken, questionable tactics employed, even laws violated. The pragmatist isn't concerned with such details and technicalities. There's clearly a growing trend toward pragmatism in religion, too. It is that philosophy which says the end justifies the means. All around us, we see the signs of it. Many denominations have been following this approach for decades. Now, even among churches of Christ, we see it. Some of our brethren have become completely consumed in the quest for results. Certainly, we all want to see the church grow. We long to see lost souls converted. But how can we achieve these goals? The pragmatist says, do whatever it takes. If this means changing the scripturally authorized work and worship of the church, he's willing to do it. He's willing to add things that people like and have come to expect. If that's what they want, let them have it. After all, whatever is the popular trend is what the pragmatist believes we must adjust to if we want to keep up. If we need to add recreation and entertainment to draw the young people, social services to entice people with special needs and so forth, the pragmatist says, let's have it that way. In reality, though, there's no stopping place for the religious pragmatist. As he continues his work, we will see the church go farther and farther away from the truth taught in God's word. Instead of pragmatism, we need to demand a thus saith the Lord for all we do and teach, Colossians 3.17. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Cole, and I'm eight years old. My name is Thomas, and I'm seven years old. And our family loves to listen to the Bible And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3, 17. Now, back to the program. All right, welcome back to the program tonight, and uh, we hope that uh, you're benefiting from our discussion as we talk about uh, the Christian and the use of tobacco tonight. Uh, maybe we've got some smokers in the chat room or on the line tonight, and uh, maybe you'd like to. If you uh, want to defend your yeah. practice, if you are if you believe it's okay, we'd, well, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call if you think. We're not going to be ugly. I mean, we, no. we, we want to hear from you. Yeah. Right. But, but since we haven't heard from anybody who is inclined to defend the use of tobacco, and I think that's sort of telling in itself that those who use it don't want to make any effort to defend it. You know? I don't know that I've ever heard anybody. I don't know that I have either. I've never heard anybody say, hey, it's a good thing, and here's why. And right. I've never heard that. Uh, real quick to summarize where we've been in our discussion so far. Common sense says don't do it just based upon the, the data that's available about health effects. But beyond that, if it is a health effect, and it obviously is, then we got to we, we talked about some Bible verses that say we we need to be careful with what we do with our bodies. We we got to be careful about anything that brings us under addiction, and and we got uh, Romans fourteen twenty three says if you even have a doubt about it, it's a sin for you to do it. And I've never known anybody that smoked it didn't have some doubt about doing it. That's right. All right, well, a couple more a couple more points I wanted to make, Jacob. One is the the matter of influence. Influence. Um, you know. Uh, even if all the previous arguments we made, if someone wanted to say that doesn't, that doesn't prove the point. Those are flawed arguments. 
if if they are. I don't think they are. Let's, but let's just say somebody comes along and says, I don't accept any argument you've made yet. Throw them out the window. Throw them out. They're trash. I think the, this argument would Throw be Throw them out enough. like that used cigarette. It would weaken our influence. Okay. Uh, Matthew five fourteen through 16, you're the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Um, we understand that smoking is an activity of worldly people who generally disregard God. David asked the question, is, it sm- is smoking spiritual or worldly? And you hear people talk about Christian, in quotes, behavior, or people who talk about how they used to live a wild life. And what are the things they say? I used to smoke and drink and use foul language. That's yeah. what, and that's, yeah. these are people yeah. who aren't spiritual yeah. necessarily. Back when, I, back when I was kind of wild, I used to smoke and drink. Right. That's what they say. Yeah, they don't say back when I was wild, I used to, you know, ride motorcycles. Go to, go to church and, and, and uh, you know, yeah. hang out in the park or whatever. Or, I, mean, yeah. I used to fly kites. Yeah. Yeah. It's they, a smoke and drink. They associate that with with wild, worldly behavior. That's a good, that's a good point. All right. Um, the uh, so, so influence. We've got to be concerned about our influence. Philippians 2, verses 15 and 16 that you be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. Uh, think Maybe making a literal application of that, holding forth the word of life. Would you, let's say you're trying to teach your neighbor about the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. You're going you're gonna to try to study the Bible with him while you're smoking a cigarette? You're not going to do that. You you know in your heart of hearts that that is not uh, uh, shining as a light in the world, holding forth the word of life. Um, and then uh, back again to 1 Corinthians 10. We've referenced that chapter several times tonight. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God. That expression, give none offense, it uh, as a Christian, don't, don't leave I, the door with a crack it, oh, cracked open there. It, Shut the it, door it, on it does offend people. And uh, in fact, I've known of instances where people were brought to tears when they realized that some Christian they knew, when they found out maybe by accident that that person was a tobacco user, it devastated them. It, mm-hmm. it certainly caused offense, and we should be concerned. Hebrews 10:24 says we're to consider one another, to provoke into love and good works. Uh, if I, if, if, if. There's no other argument. If I simply would say, I got to think about my brethren, I got to think about my influence on them, whether I'm going to encourage or discourage them, and I've got to think about my neighbors, how my influence will be exercised with them, if they know that I'm a smoker, uh, I think that's an open and shut case. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Email questions at collegeview.com and let us know your thoughts. The phone line's open. Why not get on the phone now and uh, join in with us on the air tonight? Anthony adds, uh, influence is a strong one. Fortunately, more and more our society is rejecting smoking and smokers. They are outcasts. Should a Christian be numbered among such? I think that's a good point. You know, it's a, this is a subject, though, that it, it, you, we haven't talked about it in six years. It does seem to be somewhat outdated because it is becoming less and less of a problem in our society. Just... Well, probably, it, probably based upon the health concerns more than the spiritual, but uh, it, it, it's not. Well, well, it is. It, it is probably because there is a, le- a lower percentage of people who smoke than there used to be. But there are still Christians who are not willing to come out and boldly say it's wrong. Christians can't do that. And uh, and it's just one subject among many. This, it, last week, Jacob, we talked about troubling trends in the church, and I think this is sort of hits in that direction. It's a troubling trend to me that Christians are unwilling to step up to the plate and say, that's wrong. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And and I, I hope that we can encourage people to take a stronger stand on important issues. Smoking, as you said, smoking may not be the issue that it used to be, but it's still an issue among Christians. All right. Paul has a question about whether this is an urban legend or not. He says he's always heard a story about a preacher who lit up a cigarette in the pulpit to make a point about appearance and influence. Can you affirm or deny uh, the story that Paul Paul, I know that preacher. I'm not going to name his name, but that is a true story. That's not an urban legend. he, He lit up a cigarette. He lit, he lit up a cigarette. He was smoking against the sin of using tobacco. No, he was he, speaking against the sin. He was speaking, smoking. 
and he lit the cigarette. He didn't puff on it, but he lit the cigarette and held it in his fingers while he preached the sermon to emphasize just how distasteful it was and what a damaging thing it would be to one's influence to be smoked. As I remember, now this is the part I don't remember for sure, Paul, but I, I know that to be a fact. I know that is a, and I know the preacher personally who did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he lost his job over that. Really? Yeah. So it, was, it, 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 didn't, it didn't go over too well. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, that's not the way that we're going to teach against something. You know, uh, so it, take that principle. Uh, I'm, I'm preaching against alcohol. Am I going to stand in the pulpit with an open can of beer? I mean, where, where, that, that, that was just foolish, bad judgment. Okay. Uh, but it is, it is a true story. It is a true story. Okay, there you go, Paul. So you learned something on the first Bible study tonight. We look forward to hearing from you. If you've got any questions you'd like answered, uh, now's the time. Uh, let us know your thoughts. All right, I'm going to make one more argument, Jacob. It's a very simple one, and that is I can't imagine Jesus being a smoker. First Peter 2.21 says, Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. First Corinthians 11, verse 1, Paul said, Be ye followers of me, even as I am of Christ. We're to imitate the example of our Lord and Savior, and I just can't imagine that he would be a smoker. And you can't either. Nobody can. Even smokers can't imagine Jesus smoking. He wasn't like he was. Was he a Marlboro man? Would 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 you smoke if Jesus was present? Right. Well, surely you wouldn't because you won't even smoke in the presence of your brethren. You won't smoke smoke in the presence of your brethren. You definitely wouldn't smoke in the presence of Jesus. But the fact of the matter, of course, is he is observing everything we do, so it's not hidden from him. Uh, and again, we're to imitate Jesus. We're to imitate. Other faithful Christians of the first century. Can you imagine Paul being a smoker? He said, "Be followers of me, even as I am of Christ." Can you imagine Paul as a smoker? And I know you can't. Dorcas, Dorcas, yeah. Any any of the great heroes of faith? Can you imagine them using such a substance? And I know that you can't. And so I would add that to my uh, list of arguments against smoking to say why a Christian should not smoke or use other forms of tobacco. It's just, it, it cannot be defended from the Scripture. All right, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com, and that's the email address that Keith in Hendersonville, Tennessee, has used. And here's his response to your question, do you think that it can be proved by the Scriptures that using tobacco is a sin? He says, I, do not, I am not prone to call using tobacco a sin as such. I don't think it is the usage of tobacco, but the loss of control that is the problem. I cannot think of one single verse that I could point to that says it is a sin for a Christian to smoke a cigarette. However, what the book tells us regarding a Christian having control over their bodies, bringing it under subjection, and so forth, all point to the idea that allowing one to be controlled in such a fashion is not in keeping with what God would have us to be. passage having to do with our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit, I think, has bearing on how we treat our bodies. Well, I would agree with that. I, I would think, agree I with think, what I think Keith has, has called it a sin. In but said he doesn't want to. Yeah, uh, that, that's the only part of Keith's comment that I uh, that I would have a little difference with. I'm not afraid to say that it's a sin. He goes on to make the same points that we've made effectively, right. and you know if those points are true, then it's wrong. Okay. And let's not you know let's just not be afraid to say it's wrong if it's wrong. Uh, Brian in Lebanon, Indiana says yes, smoking violates the yes it is a sin, and he says that smoking violates the principle of doing no harm to your body. First Corinthians six nineteen, Romans twelve verse one. If we are truly living our lives in spiritual purity, then we would exercise self-control, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, instead of being enslaved by the addiction of nicotine. Okay. All right. Now, we're going to take a break, and when we get back from the break, we're getting, we're getting to the controversial part of, this, of the discussion now. So we've got to answer number three on your list tonight. How would you answer those who justify tobacco use by pointing out that others overeat, drink caffeine, and et cetera? Others are doing things that are, could be viewed as harmful to their body, and or addicted. How come you're well. on me all the time about smoking? What about these people who eat too much? Right. We're going to talk about that. That's the argument we're hearing. So how are we going to deal with that? And then Paul has thrown one into the mix tonight as well. What about people who grow and sell tobacco or tobacco products? You ever known any Christians who grew tobacco? Yeah, I have. All right. What about it? What do you think the scriptures teach about that? That is a question that was not in your list today. And so you have now the opportunity Send your comments in the chat room tonight, or better yet, give us a call. Don't go anywhere. We'll take it to the top of the hour right after this. 
Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hi, my name is Mike Johnson. I'm a member here at the College of the Church of Christ. Have you ever heard someone say that the members of the Church of Christ are too legalistic? Generally, people say this when we say that we must be careful to follow all the commands that God has given us. When we say, God says we must do this, or God doesn't command us to do that, people respond with, the members of the Church of Christ are too legalistic. Well, while it may be impossible to know exactly what people mean when they make this accusation, if they are accusing us of being legalistic because we say that we should follow all the instructions that God has given us, then that accusation is correct. But let me ask you this. Which of the commands that God has given us should we ignore? Can we pick and choose which commands we follow, or must we follow them all? Jesus said we have to follow all the commands of God when he said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? We want to call Jesus our Lord, so we try to follow all the commandments that he has given us. We don't in any way think that following God's commands earns our salvation, but we do think it is necessary to be pleasing to him. Here at the College of the Church of Christ, we're trying to follow every command that God has given us. If, as a result, some people call us legalistic, then so be it. We think it's what God calls being righteous. My name is Rick Harris, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. I hope you'll join me and many others in this weekly Internet Bible study group. Be sure to listen every Thursday night. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. We're back on the virtual Bible study tonight, and we have about 14 minutes to go and lots of things to discuss. But we want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. Perhaps you're listening to the podcast and you've never been to our website. Lots of good information there, including archives of the past almost six years of the virtual Bible study. Lots of uh, subjects that have been discussed, and we encourage you to come and worship with us at your earliest convenience. Find out our directions and our meeting place, our meeting place and our times on our website. And as we said earlier in the program, if you are interested to hear the audio uh, of the Bible studies in the park that we did on Monday and Tuesday night of this week, along the, the general theme was premillennialism, the millennial kingdom, the rapture, and so forth. Uh, if you'd be interested in that, we can get we can uh, email you those audio files. All right. Send us an email. Just say, send me the files from the Bible studies in the park, and we'll send them to your inbox. We're going to talk for the rest of the hour about two more questions that have been posed. What about the person who justifies tobacco use by pointing out that others overeat, drink caffeine, etc.? And then Paul's question, can you grow it and sell it, just not smoke it? All right. Here's the, uh, again, from the study that Eric sent me earlier, health effects of obesity, smoking, and drinking. The effects of obesity, smoking, and drinking on medical problems and their costs. And, and I didn't get to read all of this, but I, here's the summary. The effects of obesity on the number of chronic conditions are significantly larger than the effects of current or past smoking or problem drinking. Uh, and similar to 20 years of aging. In other words, it, uh, you'll you'll lose perhaps 20 years of life if you eat too much. I and think so, got some of the arguments against uh, tobacco that were made, you know, 10 or 15 years ago was so prevalent is that, you know, each cigarette you smoke takes so much time off your life. So uh, those are the kind of things that people are going to throw up to us if, if w when we try to make the points about using tobacco, they're going to say, well, what about people who overeat? I think that's a, a pretty easily answered question. And the, the, the basic answer is, there's nobody here defending overeating either. I mean, we understand that, that we need to be in control of that as well. Uh, and so it's the old argument, you, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. You can't justify one thing by saying something, by referencing something else that's wrong. Uh, Brian uh, answers effectively that way. He says the fallacy of the argument is trying to justify one sin by using another sin as an example. As far as eating, we need food in order to survive. We don't need cigarettes in order to live. Caffeine has yet to be linked to cancer or reduced life expectancy, unlike nicotine. The bottom line, we should try to take care of the soul that God gave us by feeding ourselves with spiritual food, 1 Peter 2, 2. By doing this, we'll naturally take care of the physical body that God blessed us with. I think Brian has nailed the answer on that. There's a difference between eating and smoking. I've got to have some food. Therefore, I've got to every day make judgments about whether I've eaten enough or too much. I, uh, I, but I have to be ex exposed to food. Mm -hmm. uh, the, it's a necessity of life. I, was, I don't ever have to use tobacco in order to live. 
And that being the case, it should be much easier for us to control tobacco than food. Obviously, some of us have trouble controlling food. And that's not to say that we don't need to try and control food. But it's in a different league than tobacco. Tobacco use is not needed for any reason and therefore ought to be eliminated completely from the life of a Christian. That would be the same as arguing, well, you shouldn't smoke. Well, people are alcoholics, so it's okay to smoke. I mean, that doesn't prove anything. People are bank robbers. They're okay, it's okay so to, smoke. to smoke. Yeah. No, come on. Yeah, all right. Uh, Keith in Hendersonville says, uh, I think that argument says too much. I would agree that those who are gluttons or drug addicts, et cetera, are in the same category. Where does that put them? However, I'm not willing to say that a person who does these things are guilty of sin either. I think most the most reasonable argument regarding the usage of tobacco is, number one, the example. What type of example does it set for the Christian? And number two, control. Who is controlling my body, the drugs I am inserting or God? All right. Okay. Uh, so I, I think in, in answer to overeating, I think we've got the answer to that. What about caffeine use? And there are some Christians who you know, are pretty strong against using caffeine because there is, there is some uh, – caffeine is a stimulant, is a yes, physical stimulant. Much like – uh, and so there are some who question that, uh, but uh, I think Brian, as Brian said, caffeine's yet to be linked with cancer or reduced life expectancy. Anthony says some studies even attribute some benefits to moderate caffeine consumption. Uh, sugar is a stimulant, you know. So should we not use any sugar? Uh, again, those are some judgments that have to be made, but they are not in the league with uh, tobacco. And, and, and the ill effects of tobacco. And so it, it's a, if that's the best argument that you can make is, well, you, you, you drink coffee, therefore I can smoke tobacco. I, I, I mean, that's a, a very lame and weak argument to make. If that's the best you can do, you're not, you haven't got much to stand on. Um, okay. Now, David in the chat room mentions a little wine for the stomach's sake. I think that's a different question. Uh, that's referencing 1 Timothy 5.23. Uh, where Timothy was specifically instructed to drink a little wine for his stomach's sake, his stomach's sake and often infirmities. Uh, there he was instructed to do it for a medicinal purpose, and it is not established, it cannot be established from the statement in 1 Timothy 5 whether that wine was intoxicating wine or not. It may have just been grape juice. By the way, all the studies that reference a, a physical, uh, physically beneficial effect to wine, that same physical benefit is obtained by drinking grape juice instead of fermented wine. Okay. And so, you know, all the people who try to defend wine by saying it can help the body, you can get the same bodily help by drinking grape juice. So, uh, you know, what, what are we after here? All right. Now, um, well, Anthony says sugar is a stimulant too. He's referencing, I think, probably my 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 statement that uh, that caffeine is a stimulant like nicotine. I would say that if it, that if you're addicted to caffeine, that the same arguments we've made about self-control and, and tobacco use can be made about uh, caffeine. Uh, there are some people who, have, when they get up in the morning, instead of reaching for the cigarette, they reach for the pot of coffee. And I think that you'd make the same argument about if self-control. If it's a true addiction, I think yes. Yeah. If, if, if it's a yes, true addiction. Yes. All right. I, I'm, I'm not at all convinced. Again, I don't think they're in the same league. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, the, the, well, I'll just leave it at that. I don't yeah. think they're in the same league. Okay. All right, uh, now, are we ready to get on to the, the last yeah, question? Yeah, yeah, we're going okay. to run out of This time. is in honor of Paul in Bloomington, Indiana. He asked a question. If it's wrong to, to, to smoke it, can you sow it and sell it? Can you grow it and sell tobacco products if it's wrong to use those products? Well, it is uh, someplace up here uh, – uh, I think Anthony observed, or Danny observed in Kentucky, some of the members grew tobacco. I would help them bale hay, but not help them with their tobacco growing. Uh, Nancy mentions yes, big problem in Kentucky tobacco country. Oh, oh I, 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 that's always been a curiosity to me because I, I've known of Christians who did that. You know, and I'm not completely up on this, but I think if you grew tobacco, the government regulated that. They gave you what they called a tobacco allotment. Mm -hmm. Let's say you had a 200-acre farm, and you had from the government an allotment that said you could grow 10 acres of tobacco. Mm -hmm. But you couldn't grow any more than that, and you had to have that, that allotment, as they called it, to grow any. 
Well, but it was very lucrative. You know, if you could, if you had that 10-acre tobacco allotment on your 200-acre farm, it made your farm worth more money if you went to sell it. And growing those 10 acres of tobacco, man, that you could probably make more on that than you could all the rest of the farm and whatever the output of all the rest of the farm combined. And so it was a money thing. Right. And Christians just couldn't turn their back on the potential profit that could be made by growing tobacco. Now it's not regulated by like that. Yeah, I don't think it is anymore. But the the, the question is, well, what if they gave you an allotment for growing marijuana? You know, it was, right. it was in the news. It's been in the news this week. There's new push. Even even a couple of uh, unbelievably unrelated or, or uh, divergent uh, politicians in Washington, Barney Frank and Ron Paul. Ron Paul. Barney yeah. Frank is extremely liberal. It's Ron, Ron Paul is. It's Ron Paul Jr. No, just Ron Paul. Ron Paul himself. Oh, really? Ron Paul is the uh, 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 He says he, he's, he's extremely conservative, but he, they are both in favor of legalizing marijuana. Okay. They're they, they, they proposing legislation to legalize marijuana. Okay. They make marijuana legal. Now, are we going to uh, – you know, I've, I've got a farm, someone says, that is the, – the, 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 the soil type there is effectively perfect. For growing marijuana. How do you know? Well, they just tell me. Oh, it that's is. okay. You they have, just, they okay. tell me that it All is. Right. And and I could make on that little patch down there by the river, I could make two hundred thousand dollars a year growing marijuana. Okay. Uh, and are Christians going to be motivated by the money and say, well, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm not using it. I'm not using it, but I'm going to grow. It. I I just can't. I I can't understand and have never heard a worthy argument from any of those Christians who grew tobacco as to how they could justify that practice. I think it gets very close to violating Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather approve them. I think I'm having fellowship with those unfruitful works when I uh, am growing it and making it possible for those unfruitful works to take place. Now, Paul asked, Paul asked uh, here's, here's the uh, related question. What about a convenience store worker who handles it and sells it? Okay, okay the, there's one thing, the, the convenience store operator He's making a profit on the sale. I think he's more culpable. But the he's clerk more. the clerk is also in a I think in a compromised position. I think so too. I mean, is he gonna sell if if he's working in a convenience store, he probably gotta sell tobacco and alcohol. Right. You know, I, I, and I just wouldn't want to put myself in that position. But the, the convenience store owner and operator, and I've known some Christians in that position, and they sold tobacco and alcohol. They 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 believe Again, it was the profit motive, they, they, and I've actually heard them say, "You just can't make it." If, I mean, you can't make it just selling gas. The profit is in the in the beer and the cigarette. Yeah, it's it's caused problem in, in local churches. I know where convenience store owners in the church they started selling. Now, they wouldn't use it. They would preach against it, but they started selling it. And there, there's a there's a contradiction there. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, we haven't heard much uh, chiming in though in the chat room on this question. Anthony says, "Would you want to sell or otherwise?" propagate anything that is spiritually detrimental what about filthy movies pornography yeah what about would you run a video store and of course there's just there's only a handful of movies that aren't bad the like the enormously vast majority of movies are such that christians shouldn't be watching them but you're going to rent them out anyway because that's what you do that's that's your business are you going to choose to be in that business of propagating that moral filth well, there's the moral filth. What about this physical filth of cigarettes? Now, there is a fine line, though. We, uh, you have to be careful how far you take this because uh, tobacco is one of those things where there, there's, there's no beneficial, non-sinful use for what you're going to. Now, there are people who perhaps make computers, make the media that movies are, are, are saved to or printed on, and uh, I don't think there'd be anything wrong with that. There is a there's a righteous and a godly application to what I'm making, and people may take that and no, use you're that. Saying, in, in you're a you're saying you make computers, and people use computers to do bad stuff. Right. I raise and sell tobacco. There's no What's the difference? There's, well, there's, the difference, as you said, is again these are these are not parallel things. Yes, people can misuse computers, but. That's that's not their exclusive intended purpose. There's no good use. For but it. there's no good use for tobacco. Right. Okay. Uh, well, we're out of time, but we've had a good discussion tonight, and um, uh, we uh, 
Well, I think we've concluded. I don't know that we've had, we haven't had any dissenting views, at least, and no, no smokers have come forth to tell us that we're wrong. So I guess we'll conclude the scriptures condemn it. I think it's the right answer. All right. Uh, Dad, thanks for your time tonight. Thank you, Jacob. And Dan's been behind con the controls. Dan, a great job as usual. Thank you for being here and taking time out of your schedule to help us with the program tonight. And thank you for listening to the virtual Bible study. We hope you benefited from this discussion and study of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the virtual Bible study. And in the meantime, we encourage you Put God first in your life, study His inspired word in the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.